Among Us, a game about adorable little spacemen trying to root out a murderous imposter in their midst. Can our hosts make a story of all this deceit, space travel, and homage to sci-fi horror? Find out on this episode of Game Reel. Welcome to Game Real. This is your host, Annika Gatormson, and tonight I am joined by Cassidy Easton and Matthew Brennan. Game Real is the show where three college grads write movies about their favorite video games, and tonight's video game is going to be Among Us, developed by Innersloth LLC. So I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably heard of Among Us. It's been taking the internet by storm. I have seen people sharing codes all over Twitter for it, and I feel like every single Twitch streamer that I love has been playing it nonstop the past month. Basically, if you haven't heard of the game somehow, this game takes place on a spaceship, and you are... It's a little guy. A little guy. A little crewmate, <laughs> dude. A little crewmate. An amonglet. An amonglet. <laughs> <laughs> and your goal, basically, is to figure out with the rest of your crew who among you is the imposter. So one crewmate has been replaced by a parasitic shapeshifter, and it's up to you and the rest of your crew to weed out who this person is um, while you complete tasks around the ship. So one way you can win is by finishing all your tasks before everyone is killed off, and the other way you can win is by figuring out who the imposter is and kicking them off the ship before they can kill anyone else. And that's the beautiful thing about this game, you know, it brings everyone together, everyone's fun <laughs> having with their friends, and you practice who's the best at lying at one another, you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've not played very much of this game, I've played it maybe once or twice, um, and I've gotten imposter very few times, and that makes me very sad. I've played it four times, I think always with you guys, and I'm not very good, because I'm not super great at lying, <laughs> or am I? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and you'll never know. Um, I've played this game quite a bit. When I first moved into the apartment that I'm at now, I forced all my roommates to play with me, and it was like how we bonded. And then since then, I've played with my sister, I've played uh, with some other friends over Zoom, and I've played it just by myself, which I feel like you guys haven't done from what I've heard. Yeah, when you mm -hmm. told us that, I was kind of astounded because I was like, man, I can't imagine playing this game with randos regularly. I don't yeah. know if I'd have the patience for them. Public lobbies scare me. We did play with randos one time, and we made some great friends. Mm -hmm. Yes, we met Shout idiots. Shout out to idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Usually at this point, we would go around and ask everyone what their favorite character is, but since there's not really characters in this game... I was going to ask you guys which color you usually play as and which outfit is your favorite. Um, lime green. And I have a naked with the little guy on my head that looks <laughs> like me. And also with a little guy following me around. I'm just like a, trip, a trio of crewmates all in one. I'm red, always sporting the janitor fit with either the plunger or the Johnny Bravo pompadour. Powerful look. Working class hero. Uh, usually I go for white, but if white's taken, I'll take pink. And then I paid for the little dude that follows you around. Your little crewmate, buddy. Yeah, he's the best one. <laughs> he's I've, the best one. I've sometimes, I sometimes see people with like the little stick figure following them, but I love the mini crewmate. It was, worth the, it was worth the two or three dollars that it cost to buy it. Yeah, oh, that reminds me. This game is developed by a team of only three developers. Um, mm -hmm. So even though it might seem silly to spend $2 on our little crewmate, that money is going towards a very small team of developers who are developing this independently. So I think yeah, it's worth and it. The game is free on uh, mobile. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on Steam, it's just $5. So it's a, it's a worthy investment. Yeah. And I think, wasn't it released like a few years ago and it didn't blow up until a few months? Yeah. Prior? Yeah. 
I think that's really swell for a little indie game to blow up this big. And Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the guys who made it are filthy fucking rich now. I, I would hope so. <laughs> I hope so. All right. Do we want to get into pitches? So I got two pitches. Also, this first episode, we're doing log lines. And I'll yeah. be honest, I am not very good with those. So <laughs> I think the first one will be pretty good. And then the second one will be pretty less good. But we'll see. <laughs> All right. So first one. The world's first all-tween space colonization team. Find out there's one too many members on board. And do we explain our pitches afterwards or? Uh, um, yeah, if you want to go into what the fuck that means. <laughs> what is that? All right. Well, you know, we've been playing and obviously like us and all uh -huh. our friends are in our 20s. But, you know, has a pretty young <laughs> fan base. And so I feel... Like, it would only make sense that if in our movie, you know, it was just a bunch of, like, 10 to 12-year-olds being the crewmates. <laughs> so the idea, right, would be that the ship that we're on, the, the movie takes place, is, like, an international conglomerate of different countries around the world, each sending their own little, <laughs> little mini-ambassador to you know, colonize space, and, like, this is their first little trek. This, this has a real baby geniuses vibe to it. So, yeah, you know, like, each country, like, they select their... Because, you know, the children are the future, you know? That's what people yeah. say. So I'm taking that, you know, as literal as I possibly can. You know? <laughs> Put kids on a ship, they don't know each other, you know? Who knows if they even speak the same language, you know? Yeah. And one of them kind of sus. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. If one of them murders a few of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> making new friends is kind of a hard thing to do at first. You know, you know, you might, you might snap their neck by accident. Right. And then you <laughs> crawl into a vent. But by the end of it, you're chums, you know, you know, and like, yeah. you know, Garm isn't as bad as you thought initially. Yeah. And then the second one is. One mean shape-shifting machine learns that being crewmate isn't so bad after all. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought, mm -hmm. well, obviously this would be like a murder mystery in space type thing. But what if, Yeah. and this is probably a bad idea for a murder mystery, what if we knew who the imposter was from the very beginning and we watched the movie mm -hmm. from their perspective? And then, you know, upon being around these 12 year olds or whatever after a while they learn the meaning of friendship and they don't kill the last person who knows so i was about to say this had knives out energy but this more like has the thing energy but instead of the thing was like a cool dude or he learns to be cool in the end <laughs> yeah like if he stayed like a dog in the beginning and it was yeah. <laughs> yeah like the thing becomes a dog and then he's like oh man all these people are feeding me and being nice to me maybe it'll just stay like a dog that's amazing. I would love that. <laughs> so those are my pitches. Annika, do you want to go or do should I go? Uh, you can go next. Okay. Uh, mine's pretty cut and dry. Okay. The crew of the Skeld finds one of their crewmates brutally murdered after retrieving a mysterious alien artifact from an off-world research base. They must quickly find who among them is the killer before they are completely picked off. And in this idea, I had this idea about, like, they get this artifact, and uh, the artifact, like, creates little clones of them that are, like, small. And so that that's how you can include the little, like, Amonglet followers that, like, follow you around in the game. Oh. And it's like, it cr like, whenever you touch the artifact, it makes, like, a tiny version of you that, like, grows and becomes, like, just a clone of you. And one of the, um, the, the whole plot would be one of the crew members is trying to steal this artifact. And in order to do that, he needs to kill all of the, all of the remaining crew members who are not imposters and, uh, then clone himself a bunch of times and make off with the artifact. Oh, I love uh, the cloning idea. Yeah, I really dig that. So my pitch is Among Us meets Clue 1985 meets The Thing. Yes. 
Yes. Awesome. Is this just a crossover movie? (laughs) (laughs) I really like the anonymity of Among Us and the fact that you don't know who you're playing against. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to keep that anonymity a part of the movie. So in my pitch, we start on Polis, which if you haven't played the game, this is the base that the Amunglets have on this alien planet. So there's like an assortment of characters. There's like a Elon Musk type rich guy and his assistant. <laughs> there's maybe some scientists. Um, there's like some manual laborers, uh, like an assortment, people who are really high up, people who've maybe paid their way to get there, people who are kind of lower in the ladder. And they are told that there's a threat to the base and they need to evacuate, but the scientist that heard the message from home base is soon found to be dead. So they quickly load up the first ship, and as they're leaving, there's an explosion that wipes out the ship and the communications with home base. And our team is left to fend for themselves on Polis. So at this point, I think the imposter has put some kind of chemical into the into the vents, into the air circulation system, so that everyone who has is remaining on Polis is forced to wear their suits. And that's like how I would incorporate the like <laughs> Little bean suits. Little bean Mm. among us suit. The iconic looks. Yeah. The iconic suit. And I think they would just wear it for the rest of the movie. So one character goes to check the suits and finds that one more has been taken than there are people left on Polis. So they call a meeting. And at this meeting, when people are trying to reveal their identities without taking their mask off, someone lies like thinking that it will save their life but then this creates like a snowball effect wherein every single person starts to lie about who they are um and then from here no one knows who anyone else is anymore and that's kind of all I have for the pitch and I'm struggling because I don't know what the imposter would specifically want out of this yeah, that's the hardest thing to nail down is like, mm-hmm. that's the thing I had the hardest time with when I was thinking of my pitch was like, what does the imposter want? Why are they killing all these people? Because I know it says in like the description of the game that the imposter is a shape-shifting alien mm-hmm. that is just killing everybody because they're an alien. But if we do that, we're just going to do the thing. Yeah. So I kind of like the idea of the imposter being like just another one of them. I do too, and I think that's something that I was leaning towards as well. Because I do think if it was just an evil alien creature, we would just be replicating something that already exists. Yeah. I would prefer Mm -hmm. it for it to be like a person, or it could even be an alien who's who's like trying to assimilate into like human society. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are the Amunglets humans? Are we all, are we going to say they're humans? Because in my plot, I wasn't even going to reveal that. I was just going to have them be in the suits the whole times. I think right. it depends on the pitch that we go with. And I was going to say, depending on the tone that we go with, I was even going to suggest in my pitch that maybe the imposter is doing this in some weird way, like as like a for love, but also for vengeance. <laughs> Well, it's a it's a shapeshifter, so I feel like a pretty plausible kind of motivation would be like it wants to be like the humans. I I feel like I was really drawn to the part in your pitch, Matt, when you were talking about this creature wanting to like um, originally being evil but then deciding that it likes being around people. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? What 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 should we go with? I'm I'm kind of stumped. You know, upon thinking about it, perhaps uh-huh. killing a bunch of kids isn't a good look. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they shouldn't be kids. But I I thought it was a very funny idea. I guess so. What what do we want the like the story to be? Do we we want 
like what do we want the main idea of the story to be like or the main conflict really it's like naturally the crewmates have to find who the imposter is before they all die mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like why is the imposter what there? do they ha- yeah why why is the imposter there and what are they trying to what are they trying to get to before they all die I'm just struggling because every idea I think of is literally just something that happens in the thing. <laughs> yeah, or like oh, alien. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking I was, of alien. I was thinking like, oh, a lot of the tasks on Polis are like related to excavation. Mm-hmm. So what if they found something in the on the planet and decided to bring it back? But then that would that literally happens in the thing. So I feel like the imposter should, maybe the imposter should just be a, one of the Amonglets. Yeah. Like not, not like an outside entity, not like a alien, but just like a scientist or someone like that. Okay. Here's, here's an idea. What if we go with Matt's idea and modify it so they're not children, but make it be like your first pitch right mm-hmm. where it's a bunch of like what well, ambassadors or what was it it was like a representative from something like, like all, it was like um a, a representative colony? for like i guess the un or someone things plan to colonize space and they're like the first generation of humans to try that but then what is the imposter and what are they trying to do yeah, I feel like the imposter could be like a some kind of space fascist who like mm-hmm. wants yeah. wants all this new land for themselves. Oh my god, the imposter is an American or a British person. Yeah, fuck British people. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it either it would have to be that or it'd have to be the complete opposite where the imposter is like some kind of ultra vegan. <laughs> yeah who hates the idea of people from earth colonizing anywhere else mm-hmm. yeah that, that Ooh, I, not, I, kind of... uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know if that would read so well in the current political climate <laughs> of villainizing radicals i don't know about that mm. <laughs> yeah maybe vegan. we sh- maybe we shouldn't take strong stances against colonialism <laughs> <laughs> Or, um, or, or rather, let's not make a movie that's a strong stance for colonialism. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think the, I think the villain should be like some kind of space fascist. Yeah, he's like, I claim mm-hmm. this land for America, and no one else can have it. Yeah, like this new planet is now Planet America. Yeah, and I'll kill anyone mm-hmm. who tries. I like this because I don't think this will not devolve into the thing. Is do we want to make it like a world where this is just the beginning of Space Federation Star Trek type thing? Or can we yeah. like make it a little bit further that it's already started and like maybe all the countries are already divvying up the universe and so like this is part of that like bigger struggle? I like the idea of it starting off as like the beginning of a Space Federation type deal. Because that gives a lot more gravity to one country trying to mm. um, steal an entire planet from the world. That's true. Unless it had, like, Avatar-esque, like, super resources, whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> Unobtainium. Unobtainium. That's such an on-the-nose it's name. such a dumb name. God, what a dumb movie. So maybe, so maybe this movie starts in Mira HQ and, like... A bunch of like all of our little amonglets are you know scientists from all over the world so then who's our main character what 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 country is our main character a scientist from russian russian, russian? cool why not okay can she be a lady yeah yes awesome. okay what's what color is our main character or what is their name can we be funny and make it red because they're Russian? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the U.S. is blue. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Britain. Wait, who's the villain? U.S. or the Britain? I think the U.S. All right, cool. Good. So, yeah, so it's Russia versus the U.S., but <laughs> <laughs> but this time Russia's the good guy. 
We are um, the anti-Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> We've got 10 different countries. The U.S. is the main villain. Russia's the main character. They're going to make a, col- a colony on Polis, and this movie is going to take place over the course of their journey there. By the end, they haven't arrived at Polis yet. Yeah, by the end, I think it should be our main character and then whatever supporting characters are mm-hmm. left. I feel like there should only be two people left by the end. And I feel like the most iconic um, Among Us endings are like the 2v1 imposter, but no one has any idea who the imposter is. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, accidentally vote your friend Cassidy, even though you know mm-hmm. he's not the imposter, because <laughs> you misclicked. Oh my God. And you messed up, but they vote yeah. for themselves, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, not that I would know anything <laughs> about that. A totally unrelated anecdote. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's our what's our what's our Russian Russian girl's name? Wait, we know a Russian girl, Angie. We do. Angie, and we played with someone named Angie, and she disappeared immediately. Oh yeah. Rip oh Angie. yeah. I think as a koi thing though, they'll probably be calling each other by their suit color names. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Like like in Clue. All right, and then do we want to name the imposter? I think it should be deceptively, like, all-American ideal. Maybe, well, maybe it doesn't have to scream villain, but maybe it could scream asshole. Like, I was thinking something like writer or something. Ooh, that would be good. Like Axel or something like that. Yeah, like, it's not a real name, but it's what he calls himself. So if we're like if we're leaning into this whole American imperialist thing, so are we not gonna make it are we still gonna keep the whole thing of the imposter being like having a change of heart by the end, or is it like fuck that at this point? Uh maybe we might be saying fuck that. <laughs> okay. Oh I well, I'd be okay yeah. with them having a change of heart, but then still being thrown out of the ship. Yeah, but mm-hmm. with a change of heart from like the interplanetary fascist like be read as like sincere or would it be read as like please don't kill me yeah we also we would also have to like nix the idea that the angie and the imposter are like besties i mean we don't have to i think it'd still be okay that angie and this all-american dude are like kind of buddying up for a lot of it yeah. And maybe he, like, wins her trust that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So making, like, the reveal at the end more dramatic. I feel like we should name him Chuck, but give him, like, a very, very big, iconic last name. Like Chuck Rockefeller? Chuck Rockefeller. <laughs> Chuck, <laughs> Stallion. <laughs> Chuck Stallion could work. Chuck Stallion, I love Chuck that. Chuck Stallion sounds like a porn name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we but we Chuck still... Stallion? Buck Stallion. That's Buck even Stallion. more. Buck yeah. Okay. Stallion. Yeah. Bucky Stallion. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like long, like blonde horse hair or whatever. You know, like a kind of mullety type deal. <laughs> Is this gonna be like his like a uh, cosmetic on his suit, or are we gonna cast real humans as these characters? Because <laughs> I I'm I'm picturing a little Amunglet with a blonde mullet, and I love it. I want that. <laughs> I want his mullet cool to be peeking out the back of his, his suit. The mullet makes it airtight. <laughs> Without those few inches in the back, he'd die. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So we got Bucky Stallion. We got Angie. I mean, yeah, we may not even learn the villain's name at the end. We Well, uh, well we might. We, we'll see. We'll see how... Maybe his maybe he his name reveals to the those who, like, figure it out in the end that he's not actually a scientist he's like like some billionaire or something it's elon musk bucky stallion yeah yeah bucky stallion like when they when they eventually like figure out his real identity like maybe maybe he like scans in the med bay or something um and they like find out his identity that way they like realize like holy shit Bucky like, Stallion is not—he's—he's a—he's—he's he's not a scientist at all. He's like a, the inventor of mullet cream of Tesla. This is like me. This is me, but he's like Grimes and Elon Musk's adult kid. Oh my ah! god, he's, he's a descendant of Grimes and Elon Musk way in the future. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Oh my god. Okay, cool. So then, so we've got 
all of our crewmates. I guess there's only one thing that can happen next, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go to space. Someone dies. They go someone, to space. Someone's dead. This is the tricky part. Now we have to figure out what happens between each death, because I feel like there's going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first death can seem like an accident of some sort, like... Some of the circuits were exposed and they got electrocuted, but it turns out later that the imposter pushed them in. Ooh, yeah. Can we have, wait, can we have like a random scientist who's also a detective character who gets killed off later on? Sure. Sure. It's like, oh, like it must have been an accident. They're like, wait a minute. Put on their Sherlock Holmes hat. Maybe they're the one from England. Oh yeah, the English guy is like, oh, I, <laughs> he like was, a, he's also like a private investigator in his free time. Mm-hmm. This is no mere accident. Takes off his like pompadour, or whatever, replaces it with the Sherlock Holmes hat. He, yeah, he he he's the one who points out that uh, whoever died first was pushed into the circuitry, and then he's the one who starts the suspicion. He should be the second to die. I agree. Can we do it like comically? The lights go on and off, and he's already dead. Yeah, the the like, ooh, yeah, it's like you know, there's among us sabotage. You know, someone sab the the lights get sabotaged, and then when they come back up, dude's uh got his head turned around the wrong way. I feel like now would be a good time to introduce the tasks. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're forced to split off to to do some tasks like radiation starts going haywire so two people are sent that way and then mm-hmm. at at the same time there's uh comets coming towards the ship so two people are then sent towards the other side of the ship yeah this could be a very clue moment yeah then they all split up into groups of two and do their tasks when they're all split up and they're doing their tasks the lights go out and everyone freaks out and when the lights come back on Everyone's still with their partners except for one person whose partner is dead. They've been framed. Yes, they've been framed because it's not America. I mean, maybe Bucky's with Angie. I think they should be together, yeah. Ooh, their their task they could be doing is like they could be getting getting rid of the trash, which makes a really loud noise. She doesn't hear the sound of him like hopping in the vent and like going to wherever the other two are and then killing the one person and then coming back. I, yeah. Something like that. I feel like it shouldn't be trash, though, just because that's not, like, 100% necessary to maintain the ship. So I feel like True. maybe there... Maybe it's, like, weapons. Yeah, I think their thing should be should be weapons. Ooh, mm-hmm. or it could just be in the engine room because the engine room's real loud. Oh, Yeah. I don't think weapons would be bad either, because I would, like, imagine they put on, like, some kind of VR-type helmet to, like, go into the gun's access or whatever on the ship. True, true. Maybe there's more than one imposter. Maybe it's more than just Bucky. I don't think there should be two imposters, but maybe one of the deaths isn't from Bucky. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. the framed person should die because people think it was them. Right. Yeah. Um, I had a thought. What if what if the person who is framed is maybe someone who's like so meek and timid that it's obvious that they don't have it in them to like kill someone? And maybe that could be something that the crew argues over. Like Yeah. Yeah. On one side it's like, oh, they're the last one who saw this person they must be the killer but on the other side it's like well they don't have it in them to do this yeah i think the like after the third death mm-hmm. it the the next thing that happens i think should be like a crew wide argument on whether or not to throw this person in space i don't know if like a group of sane adults would choose to throw someone overboard so early I mean, like, obviously in the game that happens, mm-hmm. but I feel like in, like, a more realistic situation, maybe they just, like, throw them in the brig or, like, have them under house arrest or something for now. And That's maybe true. as things get more dramatic, they choose to throw them out. I almost feel like the f- maybe the first person being thrown into space should be, like, the climax of the film. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I think... 
Or maybe the first person thrown into space should just be the imposter. Oh hmm. yeah. Um, ooh, before we before we move on, I think we should establish something about the vents and why there's no reason for someone to go into them. I think like a clue that would implicate the uh, American. It should be established at one point or another that like the vents in the ship are totally self-sustaining and there's no reason for anyone to go into them. Mm-hmm. And so they don't consider the vents until like, like I think maybe like the vent in the room where the person was murdered should be open. Perhaps at the beginning of the movie, like when establishing roles and whatnot, mm-hmm. we established that, uh, buck is the only one who knows how to like work the vents or like does vent maintenance on a ship like this oh yeah that's that could oh 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 okay this is a later murder but i i just have this idea so they've put the 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 suspect in the brig right Mm -hmm. and they've locked him in there no one can get in or out what if later in the movie the suspect also gets murdered and they're all like, wait. And I think there should only be four of them left because I think they need four to fly the ship. And mm. they're like down to the last five. And they're like, oh my God, it could be any of us. Who who could it be? And then they like, wait, they like think like, how did they get in there and kill her? Or them or whoever it is. And then like there's a realization moment. They're like, there's a vent in there. And the only person who knows the vents super well and could do all those murders that fast in the vents is Buck. I like that. I think that's funny. Because I can just imagine a shot where everyone turns to look at a an open vent. Would it, Okay, would it be really funny that after the end of this whole, like, kind of head-scratching whodunit, mm-hmm. the end and the climax of, like, finding out that it's Buck is just, like, a really clumsy mistake of popping out of the vent in front of everyone? or like doing that on cams like two people are deliberating on cams and they're looking and then they see that buck just like comes out of the vent and just kills someone i think that's so funny yeah that could be the like the last murder maybe or we still got seven crewmates Mm -hmm. well six crewmates one imposter who what happens next do they assume all is well and go back to their normal stuff what about what about this they they go about their normal stuff they all let each other out of their sights and then one of them is walking from the cafeteria walking into the halls towards the med bay and they find a dead body and it's like they got their brains blown out with like a laser or something and they call an emergency meeting natch and everyone shows up and goes to the scene of the crime, and they're like, okay, who did this? How did this happen? They can't decide because they were all out of each other's sights, and they notice there's a camera in the hallway, and they're about to look at the footage, but then comms is sabotaged. So now they need to they need to go fix comms. Maybe we can have that they're about to go into security cameras, cams, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then comms get sabotaged, but also, like, what's that thing where, like, the doors close? Like, one person is trapped oh, in yeah. cams. And there's a vent in there, and maybe there's a vent in there. I don't know if there is, like, in the actual game, but for the purpose of the movie, we could have yeah. that. So oh. while they're distracted going somewhere else, when the door finally opens, there's a dead body in there. Ooh, I like that idea. And also, oh, and then they yeah. and then they save the person in the brig? Because by that point, they probably figure out who did it. Do we want to still make it a plot point that we need at least four people to pilot the ship? I'm okay with getting rid of that aspect of it just because I think it would make less sense for the imposter to be killing people if he knows that the ship won't run without at least four people. Oh, like it would, fuck. It You're would seem so like right. a silly thing to do on his end. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. So it doesn't matter how many people are, are left on the ship. We just need at least one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then clues. The, the one person is killed in the hallway with a camera. So I think the remaining crewmates' goals 
should be to find out in the security room who did it. Okay, I just had a thought. We don't have to use this, but I was thinking about your idea with the four person needing to fly the the skeld. Yeah. There are things in the game that you do need two people for. So like if comms are sabotaged, one person can fix it. If lights are sabotaged, one person can fix it. But oxygen you usually need two people. And yeah. for the reactor, yeah. you always need two people. Yeah. So maybe at the climax of this film, the reactor is broken and it needs two people to fix it. And maybe all that's left is like Angie, one other person, and Bucky. And like Bucky actively stops one of the other people or like attempts to stop Angie from from fixing the reactor. I feel like it would be more interesting as the climax that Bucky is trying to deceive Angie until the end instead of trying to kill her. Yeah, because I think his goal cuz maybe maybe it should just be you need two people to fly the ship. Oh, yeah. And so his goal is to kill everybody but deceive one person into thinking that they're safe and then not kill them for the remainder of the journey. And then when they get there, naturally kill them. I like that. So then he's forced to keep Angie alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. So then we've got we've got a few more crewmates we can go through. Mm-hmm. So we're we're left at five once the third one is killed in the hallway with the with the camera. Yeah, that's when that's when uh, things get weird. I think because that shouldn't be his plan. His plan shouldn't be to kill someone out in the open. I think his plan was to vent into the brig Mm -hmm. kill whoever's in the brig and then vent out but he gets caught mid vent and so he just kills that person and then goes in the vent Mm -hmm. and then by the time the emergency meeting is called he has to you know be at the emergency meeting and not being kill killing who's ever in the brig and so then i think their their goal should be like well that was in the hallway and there are cameras in the hallway, so we should go to the surveillance and see who did it. Uh, my question would be, would, would the recordings be sabotaged, or are they able to replay the footage and see who the killer is? Well, that's what I was thinking, right? Was like, I was thinking that the... I was thinking that this the imposter would sabotage comms because that would prevent them from watching the footage of what happened in the hallway. Yeah, which I like. Mm-hmm. But then I think, I w- did we say that there would be another dead body in the camera room? I, I suggested that on their way to cams one person gets closed off in that and then comms go off. So then when they get back and the door is open, there's a dead body there. Okay. What about this? What about they are, they all like, they all agree to go to surveillance after seeing that this newest murder took place in the hall. Mm -hmm. They go to the surveillance room. They're about to look at the footage and then comms are sabotaged. And so then they're like, okay, well, now we all need to go to comms and we're going to do it together. Um, And as they're all leaving the room, the door shuts and locks, keeping one of them in there. And so then they're like, all right, you stay there. We're going to go fix comms. Maybe this is too silly, but maybe as they go into each new room the door closes and leaves one person behind each yeah, just time kind of thinking that yeah so maybe only one person ends up at, at comms and is able to fix comms and everyone else is just kind of stranded alone what if like on their way they get separated so like you said they get separated again and the imposter and another another one of them get separated so then it's like, it's just Angie and then one of the crewmates who are going to go fix comms. Yeah. 
maybe during when they were voting like what to do with uh throwing the person in the brig maybe buck was like one of the main voices being like no we shouldn't kill him we should put him in the brig and yeah. so later on when it's just the four of them he's still in the brig but angie sees bucky kill right in front of her and then he immediately vents towards the guy in the brig and releases him so it's just the three of them now and so he's like trying to get the guy who they put in the brig on his side oh oh yeah he's like trying to lie to him yeah and so since he's the one who released him from the brig he's like oh he'll like obviously be on my side so it's like bucky and angie have to argue for who's actually the imposter yeah i I like that i like that a lot so okay so in that case this is maybe where bucky gets a little crazy right Mm -hmm. yeah so when he gets he gets separated from angie and that other guy yeah by a door and they're like okay we'll go to comms uh and maybe they're like you check on who's and you go check on the guy in the brig and they're like okay we'll do that and then so angie and the other crewmate go to comms and start fixing it meanwhile bucky kills the person he's with then vents into he no he vents into surveillance kills the person who's trapped in surveillance and what wouldn't it be like so poetic uh or not poetic but just like suspenseful if like comms was fixed just in time for the person in 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 surveillance to like look at the tape and see who did it and be like oh my god and then they hear a vent open behind them and (laughs) they get killed by a shadow yes so they get killed by a shadow and then so comms is fixed the door is open our two our two uh angie and our other amonglet come out of of uh of comms yeah. They go back to surveillance, see the dead body on the way, run to surveillance, and then see this dead body in there, and then what? Maybe reactor goes off. Oh, that would be good because it would force them all into the same room. Maybe oxygen goes off. Well, hmm. I'm trying to think, because, like, what is stopping the imposter from just killing Angie and this other guy? I mean, I guess nothing. We kind of said that you need two people to fly the ship. Yeah, so... So I guess in that circumstance, there's no reason that he would want to keep Angie alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he needs to keep Angie alive because he needs to put on a show for the remaining crewmate. I mean, yeah, I guess convince the remaining crewmate that Angie's the imposter. Yeah. Maybe Angie earlier wanted to kill the person in the brig and throw him yeah into space. for sure yeah so buck figures well it'd be easier to frame angie than this rando yes agreed and at, the po- at this point when there's only three of them walking around i don't think there's any reason for buck not to kill in front of angie yeah so then maybe like when they discover the third body or i mean the body in the surveillance like, that's when they go, they, like, turn the corner to run out the hall to go check on the guy in the brig, and then they see uh, Bucky right there, and he just, like, I don't know, shoots the other guy in the face and looks at Angie and then just walks, and then jumps into a vent. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like the final showdown should take place in the reactor room with all the lights flashing. I like that, too. I love that imagery and the drama. Mm-hmm. I have to ask... Why do it take place there? Like, why does why does Bucky want to take Brigford, our brig, <laughs> uh, Brigford, our, our our brig amonglet? Why do they want to take Briggy. them, Briggy? Yeah, why do they want to take <laughs> Briggy to the reactor? Like, or how or why do they end up there? Is the shoot to like release someone into space in reactor maybe for the purpose of the movie? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Is there any one identity that they go through and they find out in Medbay and like immediately even the audience would be like, oh yeah, obviously that's the guy. I mean, okay, so like they go to Medbay and then mm-hmm. they find out like his medical records and find out who he really is, right? Like, so then they'd find out that he's some billionaire or something. Maybe that can be like a clue that's dropped at the beginning of the movie that it's like Medbay is like processing their their samples, but is like having a, a little bit of a malfunction or something okay and that 
you know, their information and health, their like health and vitals and information should be uploaded shortly. Right. Or not shortly, but it should be uploaded in like how, however many hours. And so like, then they both realize they're like, holy shit, medbay should be done by now. And then they mm. like run to medbay to try and see. Yeah. And they and get medbay there has just events in it too. Yeah. Yeah. And they get, yeah, they get there just in time to like see the information and like, holy shit. And then they hear a vent behind them and they're clapping and they're like, ah, you finally figured it out. And then he shoots Mm. the other among lit in the head. Can we have them? They hear the clapping and they don't know where it's coming from. And then like, they have to come out of the vent first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. And so then the showdown happens in the reactor room. How does our main character overcome all of this? Like, how does she convince Briggy? Yeah, how does she convince Briggy not to throw her into space? It's a good question. <laughs> I All I can think of is when you're playing the game and you're down to that final three and in chat people are just spamming, it's pink. If not pink, then me. <laughs> like... Like, throw me off next if it's not them. <laughs> That's a good strategy in the game, it but would this not, would not work for It would not movie. work in real life. Yeah. But it works in the game. What are some other good strategies from the game that we could we could mm. use? Maybe. This is my problem, is guessing. I don't play this game enough. Guessing by vibes. Not... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be such a crazy ending. <laughs> like... Bucky, your vibes are off. Briggy, don't. It's obviously Bucky. He's so sus. <laughs> <laughs> There's like not a good answer because so much of the game is just based purely off vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, I, I came up with something really stupid. Tell us. All right. Perhaps at the beginning of the movie, when picking accessories and stuff for their astronaut suits um angie and briggy were arguing over this one hat and angie got the hat (laughs) and so in this final exchange she's like briggy if you throw him out because he is the imposter i will give you the hat (laughs) so you can only there's only one hat and they're like fuck (laughs) do you really want that hat (laughs) Uh. <laughs> and then that and then that caused Bucky to lose it he's like are you fucking kidding me a fucking hat what are you an idiot are you an idiot Briggy and that causes him to lose it and he lashes out and he tries to kill him and then I don't know someone like opens a hatch door you know how like sci-fi movies are yeah. like they get thrown out the hands holding all that mm-hmm. okay I like this I like that I like I don't know if we should do that exactly. Mm-hmm. A good way to fix this is Bucky baits, or no, Briggy baits Bucky into outing himself as the imposter somehow. Mm-hmm. Whether that's through a hat or not, I don't know. Because I don't know what Bucky would do that would out himself as an imposter over the hat. Well, what do we know about Bucky? He's like... The ancestor of Elon Musk He's trying to claim. Expert. Yeah, vent expert. His The ship is secretly owned by his company or whatever, mm-hmm. which is why he's, he's able a... to do all this like lights and doors and comms and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's an American imperialist. Yes, he's <laughs> an American imperialist that's trying to steal Polis for America mm-hmm. and call it America too. So perhaps we need to have some aspect of Briggy's personality to be very against American imperialism. Maybe Briggy doesn't have to be um, an ambassador. What if he's just, like, the maintenance guy? Like, Briggy is the oppressed underclass (laughs) under the evil billionaire bougie Bucky. Well, I still think he should be some kind of scientist because I don't know if I don't know if they just send a maintenance man into space. I mean, 
Everyone needs a janitor, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know what? Yeah, I like. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> Bucky should be the working class astronaut. You mean Briggy? That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the working class astronaut. <laughs> so then, Briggy is a working class astronaut. So then, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he throw her in the space? How does she? How does she convince him that she's not lying about Bucky's identity? Because Bucky is just too jingoistic and, like, psychotically patriotic that he can't hide it. Maybe when she outs Bucky as, like, who he is, he, it like, the information is too, like, damning or whatever. So then Bucky just turns to Briggy and he's like, I'll fucking give you a bunch of money if you just, like, if you just let me do this, all right? Oh, and yeah. he, like, tries to bribe him. Mm-hmm. And then Briggy's like, yeah, okay. And then he like tricks him, and then he hits him with the plunger. Yeah, and so like he's like, "All right, yeah, uh, here, get on that. Like, uh, here, can you calibrate this and that? I'll, I'll get her ready to be pushed in the airlock." And then when Bucky's back is turned, he hits him with the plunger. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then they shoot him out in the space. Do you think Briggy uh, bought stocks for GameStop? Oh, probably. <laughs> His ancestors did. His ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I think we've landed on a pretty good Among Us movie. I'm going to send us off with a little recap. So to start off, we have a group of 10 ambassadors from Earth who are going to a planet called Polis to set up a base. Um, we're going to start at... Mira HQ, and then our 10 ambassadors quickly get shuffled onto the Skeld, where we start our journey. Um, In the very beginning, someone is killed by being pushed into circuitry in the electric room. And at this point, we have a British character, a Sherlock-type character, who points out that something seems to be a little bit fishy, and it's possible that there has been a murder. At this point, lights are sabotaged, and... The British man is killed while the lights are off, and everyone is still in the room together. At this point, everyone decides that they need to focus on the maintenance of the ship in order to keep everyone alive, so they're forced to split off. Maybe two people go to a reactor, two people go towards the cafeteria, and then two people go off to weaponry together, and those two people are Angie and Bucky. Um, Angie is our protagonist, who is our our red imposter from Russia, and Bucky is um, our imposter, full name Bucky Stallion, who is our American, and he is blue. At this point, one person's partner is killed, and everyone decides to have an emergency meeting. They come together, and they vote to put the framed person in the brig. So at this point, we have six crewmates left. Uh, One more person is killed in the hallway, so the group decides together to go to camps in order to see uh, who did it. But on the way there, uh, comms are sabotaged and the doors are locked, unfortunately, unfortunately leaving one person trapped inside the surveillance room. The group decides to soldier on and leave that one person behind. Um, But as they are making their way over to comms, the doors close again. This time, Angie and another crewmate are separated from Bucky. While they're separated, Angie and this other crewmate decide to go to comms in order to fix the system. Meanwhile, Bucky kills his partner and then goes on to kill the person trapped inside the surveillance room by going through the vents. Um, On her way back to surveillance, Angie sees the dead body in the hallway and then sees another dead body um, in the surveillance room. At this point, Angie and the other crewmate go back to Medvey to view everyone's vitals just to make sure that there's nothing that they've missed. When they get there, they notice that there is an extra sample that has not been um, put into the machine yet, so they run it really quickly, and when they do, they discover that this sample 
is from none other than Bucky Stallion, who is this millionaire, uh, fascist uh, entrepreneur <laughs> from Earth, who they all despise and who they realize is on the ship. Upon realizing that this vital belongs to Bucky Stallion, they also put together that Bucky has talked about wanting to colonize Polis and make it a kind of America too. At this point, after Angie has pieced together who the killer is, Bucky decides to come into the room and he kills the other crewmate that was with Angie right in front of Angie before venting away again. Um, this time going to the brig and freeing our friend Briggy. Angie's able to follow Bucky and Briggy to the reactor room. And in this room, Bucky attempts to frame Angie as the imposter and bring Briggy onto his side. In the process, Bucky outs himself as the imposter when he buckles and he attempts to bribe Briggy into letting him kill Angie and stay alive. Briggy decides that this is not something that he wants to do and him and Angie force Bucky um, out into space. All right, so that is our plot for our Among Us movie. And now we're gonna segue into an unprecedented segment, which is where we, the first of its kind, and we're gonna read some tweets from some fans on Twitter. Yeah, some some listener pitches. <laughs> Can I read the first one? Cause it's about Spyro and I like Spyro. <laughs> yeah, sure. So the first tweet comes in from Composer Kirk at ComposerKirk on Twitter.com. That's the person who made our theme song. Oh, Just hell a fun yeah. fact. Thank you for that. Hey, Game Reel. What can you do with a Spyro game turned into an animated movie? Well, it sounds like Matt can host that episode because I've never played a Spyro game in my life. <laughs> oh, Spyro is pretty baller. I've played uh, uh, Highlanders. Does that count? Skylanders? Skylanders. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've played Skylanders. Does that count as Spyro? Um, you know, I like Skylanders. I when it first came out, I bought a shit ton like too much, uh -huh. and I I just like have a big sack like somewhere in my living room of them. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah! But like, Skylanders is like its own thing, and like, there's not a lot of other Spyro characters. Well, there's a few, but like, it could have been anyone besides Spyro. Like, it's yeah, because you could play all the toys. I played a bunch of the Game Boy games and like those like edgy PlayStation games. <laughs> uh. So there's like a ton of different Spyro games and like iconic characters that I think we could work with. You could add money bags, the bear banker who is a big <laughs> fat capitalist. And oh man. There's also I think I might fuck up his name. I think his name is a Riptar is a Rugrats character, but there is a evil wizard rhinoceros guy. What? Yes, and he's he'll be the perfect villain and I will be Going back on my Spyro lore to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Your Spyro knowledge is so much deeper than mine. Oh my god, there's a monkey um, secret agent dude. Wow, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> we, we're clearly going to do another episode of this. Thank you a lot, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I'm unlocking ancient memories. <laughs> okay, our next tweet comes from at Belvant. They said Sims 2 Bella Goth disappearance movie when? Okay, does this mean anything to you guys? I have no idea what this means. Who is? I'm going to Google Bella Goth Sims 2. Okay, so this is my friend Emma who blew my mind when she revealed to me that every Sims game except the newest one has like story arcs in it. Oh, and, really? And apparently there's a character named Bella Goth and her whole family and stuff they have like a whole story arc and then they disappear and so i guess it's like really deep and like weird and people like have all these like theories about like how how and why she disappeared and stuff so something to consider we might do a Whoa. sims 2 episode in the future because apparently the sims lore is deep i had no okay. idea yeah 
Well, I'm going to spend the rest of my night watching Sims 2 lore videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Anyway, thank you, Emma, for sending that tweet in. Yeah, if anyone else wants to send us pitches, you can uh, you can tweet them at us at our Twitter, at GameReel3 on Twitter, because I guess we couldn't just have GameReel. <laughs> or you can email them to us at GameReelCast at gmail.com. Um, we wanted to give a quick shout out and a thank you to Chris Kirk for our theme song. His Twitter is at Composer Kirk and his Bandcamp, if you want to check it out, is ComposerKirk.Bandcamp.com. And also we'd like to thank our friend Britt Soders Jerna for our album art and her, if you want to look her up on Twitter, it's at Artzoid, that's A-R-T-Z-0-I-D. Super cool. Good art all around. She yeah. also made our our Halloween episode um, album art, which is probably my favorite one that she's done so far. This has been your host, Annika Gatormson, and I am with the lovely... Should I say y'all's names? I think we say... It, it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> I think we change it every time. Okay. We, ch- we do it different every time. <laughs> yeah. I'm <right>. Cassidy. <laughs> I'm Matt. Uh, Go it's away. Late. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>